up here so you have some platform to work on. I was, I was going to ask you. Okay. One of the things that I'm convinced of is that God is here this morning. And the thing that goes along with that, you're back in business. And the thing that goes along with that is that you can be changed. And uh, God is in the business of working in people's lives, making a difference. First of all, calling us to himself and then helping us as we seek to please him, as we grow in our faith, and what a wonderful thing it is. <clears throat> Today we're going to look at Psalm 23, and uh, it's familiar to all of you. Next Sunday we'll be looking at Psalm 73, and that's an amazing psalm. It may be that it's your story. You came to the place in your life where you questioned whether you were going in the right direction or not. It's a great psalm, and I encourage you to read it. That's Psalm 73, and then on the third Sunday, which would be the 21st, we're going to be looking at another psalm, which is equally amazing, uh, Psalm 139. You may have heard me share some thoughts from these psalms over the years, but uh, they're favorites of mine. They really are. Psalm 23 came to mean something very special to both Linda and I, uh, beginning about two years ago. Uh, Linda fell and uh, broke her hip. Uh, she was sitting on a stool doing her hair and moved and fell off, and so I tell people she fell off a bar stool. <laughs> but in any case, she broke her hip, and uh, when you break a bone like that, uh, the stuff inside the bone uh, gets in your blood, and that's what happened to her, and it uh, caused an embolism. Uh, and that led to respiratory failure, and that in turn led to uh, AFib, and to top it all off, a UTI. Now, she was confused, and she was on a respirator for several days, uh, the COVID restrictions were in place, so I couldn't be with her. Uh, she was confused to the point where one night she called 911, middle of the night, and told the police station as far as she knew, she was the only one in the hospital, and they needed to check it out. <laughs> uh, the biggest help was we figured out and connected via video on our phones and uh, so we could call each other and talk. And one time she called me three times in the middle of the night. And uh, she was confused, it was a tough time. But the thing that really was helpful is Psalm 23. We determined to memorize that Psalm and uh, we quoted it back and forth to each other during this time when she was in the hospital. It was written 3,000 years ago. Uh, the world has changed. Uh, we live in a different culture, uh, different history. Technology has made a difference. Uh, and yet this psalm lives on. It's a powerful psalm. People are the same. Uh, we need what it says in this psalm. We're rebels from God. Uh, he wants to draw us close to him. He wants to be the shepherd 
in our lives. And uh, the Psalms have spoken to believers for over 30 generations, 30 centuries rather. And uh, if we listen now this morning, we will hear the voice of God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. What a significant statement. The word for Lord there is Yahweh. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David, Elijah, Isaiah, Malachi, the apostles, and you, Yahweh, the Lord. He's the covenant-keeping God. This is the thing that distinguishes that name from the other names that we find for God in Scripture. The emphasis when you read Yahweh or the Lord or Jehovah is that he's the one who makes and keeps promises. He introduced himself to Moses this way. He said, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yahweh. David said, Yahweh is my shepherd. There's a personal relationship there. And you think of it, of all the false gods out there, who don't really exist, but their idols were there. People worshiped them. David chose Yahweh. And he said, the Lord, Yahweh, is my God. He's a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And it's a relationship with expectations and commitments. There's protection, there's provision, there's guidance. And on the sheep's part, there's humility, there's surrender, there's dependence. question is who are you following David says the Lord is my shepherd what would you say is the Lord your shepherd are you part of his flock are you committed to following him the Lord is my shepherd how long have you been following the shepherd anybody here over 30 years you've been following the shepherd 40 years, 50 years. I think Jenny's going to win. 60 <laughs> years. About 80. Good for you. I'm probably 78 years following the shepherd. I don't look that old, but. <laughs> David goes on to say, uh, I shall not want. As he looks back on his life, he sees that God has met his needs. 
as he looks forward, he can say with confidence, the Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing that's important, awesome, eternal that I'm going to lack. He's a good shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. If you know anything about sheep, you know that they don't lie down in green pastures unless they're full. I just can't get one more bite in. Um, um. No more room. So they lie down. What an interesting statement. David says, God has filled me to the full. And when there's still more around me, I can't take another bite. I guess I'll take a nap. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Now, as you know, the account of David, his life was far from tranquil. He was in and out of all kinds of trouble. He was pursued by King Saul, who wanted to kill him, tried on several occasions. David got caught up in horrible sin, for which he was very ashamed. And then his son, later on, rebelled against him, tried to kill him, drove him out of Jerusalem, took over the kingdom. He was restored, but David was uh, far from tranquil in his life. And yet in the midst of it all, he could say, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. What we're hearing here is that in the midst of this whirlwind in which David lived, there was that calm center. Everything was breaking apart on occasion, yet there was that pace of peace. Uh, it was learned by experience. Uh, David found this place where there was peace and tranquility in the midst of this storm in which he often lived. Have you found that place? <laughs> Things are going wrong. You're upset. And yet it's a state of mind. It's a set of beliefs. It's past experience that gives you assurance in the middle of the storm. It's there. It's there if you're following the shepherd. And then David says, he restores my soul. Uh, this gives us a hint to what he's going to say in the following verses. The fact is there are dark valleys that leave us, leave us in need of restoration. Sometimes these dark valleys are very hard. They're destructive. Uh, they leave us gasping for air. And God's in the business of putting us back together again. A difficult time. It looks like how are we going to survive this? Uh, David's going to talk about that. David says he guides me in the paths of righteousness. And what he's talking about is the right paths. Paths of righteousness. Uh, paths that take us to our proper destination. God leads us in the right paths. Are you on the right path? As you think forward to the fact that someday you're going to come face to face with God Almighty. Uh, will you have been walking the right path up to that point?
or are you off somewhere else just kind of keeping your toe inside the line but you're stretched out as far as you can in the wrong direction that isn't working uh, that's not following the shepherd uh, he restores my soul he guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake because of who he is he's holy and just and righteous and good and so he's going to lead us in paths that are holy and just and righteous and good now david makes allowance here it reflects his experience even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for you're with me your rod and your staff they comfort me in our lives there are good times very good times uh, god has granted abundant pasture and quiet waters and the white right paths to walk on and when we're doing that there's peace there's tranquility there's good times perhaps for you a happy home delightful children satisfying job a place in the community a witness to family and friends uh, good friends great vacations good stuff do you praise god for all this and yet there are also dark valleys being one of his sheep doesn't keep us out of the dark valley the promise is when we go through that dark valley he's with us there are frightening times when the good shepherd is needed for protection provision comfort these are dark valleys sometimes we wonder uh, where is the good shepherd where's his help i need him right now i'm all alone i'm frightened have you ever been there in these dark valleys maybe some of you are there right now life is uncertain something has fallen apart the thing you're counting on has disappeared a dark valley david says even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i'm one of nine kids and in 1958 uh, mom was killed in an automobile accident and we learned from dad as he walked through that dark valley uh, our family saw dad as he followed the shepherd through this difficult time and i'll never forget uh, mom was in a coma for 20 days and passed away and uh, in the middle of the night dad came into the bedroom joe and i shared and he said that mom's gone he said the lord gives and the lord takes away blessed be the name the Lord we learn from him how to walk through that dark valley and of course we've experienced at our age the death of our parents the death of our son Daniel difficult times during ministry involving cross-country locations and perhaps you've been through some dark valleys health issues job changes financial challenges the death of children grandchildren serious car accidents 
Some of you have been in the military, your life on the line. Now, to survive these dark valleys, we must walk close to the shepherd. The darker the valley, the closer we want to be to that good shepherd. But even in these dark valleys, we can find, as it were, sufficient pasture and quiet waters, rest and restoration. You see, the good shepherd will lead us on paths of righteousness, right paths, so that we can go through these dark valleys without fear. David says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Now, you have to be on the right path. You have to be following the shepherd. If that's true, you realize that no matter how dark the valley, no matter what the challenges, ultimately, it works out. God is protecting his own. He'll take you through. David said, uh, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And here he's talking about protection, guidance. The shepherd carried the rod, a club, and a staff. And the sheep, as he followed the shepherd, was assured that this shepherd knew where he was going, knew how to protect, knew how to provide. And so David says, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We look at the book of Romans and we find these words talking about someone going through a difficult time and the assurance we can have. Paul writes and he says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So that takes a look at us from in eternity past all the way through to eternity yet to come in God's presence. And then he says, we've got it made, essentially. He says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? What a marvelous statement. Nobody's more powerful than God. And if God is for us, if he's on our side, if he's the shepherd that we're following, no matter what dark valley we go through, we're going to make it. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present or the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Isn't that amazing? In verses 1 through 4, the psalmist has seen himself as a sheep in the good shepherd's flock. This shepherd provides and protects and guides. His sheep lack nothing and are able to go through the dark valleys comforted by the shepherd's care. Now, we've all experienced the shepherd's care, his love and protection and so on. Now, the imagery changes. David looks again at his life, but through a different lens. He no longer sees himself as a sheep. He's now an honored guest in the home of a powerful host who's offered his protection and has prepared a feast for him as his enemies look on and can't do anything about it. What a picture. No longer a sheep. Now he's a guest in the home of a wealthy and powerful person. David said, speaking of God, you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. In the midst of life's trials and dangers, God, the host, makes provision for his honored guest. You've anointed my head with oil, olive oil, perfumed probably, common in that day, speaks of renewal, speaks of joy, of healing for his weary and wounded guest. My cup overflows. It's talking about abundant provision. You've prepared a table before me, a, a feast, and the cup symbolic of all the bounty that's there. The cup is filled to overflowing. Dr. Bruce Walkie, a Hebrew scholar, says this, better than being likened to a sheep under the care of a shepherd is being likened to the guest of a wealthy host who provides a table so abundantly laden with food and drink that the cup brims over. The host refreshes and heals his guest with oil on his head. And all of this while he protects his guest while enemies look on helplessly. This former sheep now enjoys a royal banquet right in front of his adversaries who cannot touch him. What a picture. Now, once again, this doesn't mean that David just floated through life with not any problems. He had problems. But the Lord was his shepherd, and there was that quiet place where he met with him in the midst of all the turmoil that often surrounded him. It was a set of beliefs. It was convictions. It was the presence of God that gave him rest and peace and tranquility sustained him, protected him. Do you have a shepherd like that? Who are you following? Are you following one that takes you through all of this on to victory at the end? Or are you following one who's inevitably going to get you in trouble? Then the scene changes once again. First the sheep now a guest, and then it changes one more time. He says, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David, satisfied with God's love and care and protection in the past as a sheep, 
and as a house guest who has protected and abundantly provided for, David looks forward with confidence to what is yet to come. He says, surely, certainly, absolutely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. Now, goodness and loving kindness are sort of a summary statement of God's benevolence. David has been through these experiences. God has let him down, not let him down. He's fled for his life on occasion. Uh, he survived assassination attempts. He survived the rebellion of his son. He survived, most interestingly, the horrible sin that he had committed with Bathsheba and arranging for her husband's death. God forgave him. He survived all that. <clears throat> and looking back on that, he looks to the future. He breaks earth's boundaries and sees himself as a resident someday, forever, in the house of Jehovah. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's not talking about living in the temple here on earth. Uh, there wasn't a place for him to start with. It wasn't a hotel. He looks beyond earth, and he sees heaven. And looking back on the goodness of the shepherd, the protection and love and provision of this gracious, powerful host, he looks to the future, and he says, surely, for the rest of my life, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And that's an interesting word. The word there speaks of pursuing, like a hound dog pursues a scent, follows it, tracks it down, won't let it go. Surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me every day of my life. The chase goes on relentlessly. God's goodness and mercy never quits. It may take us through difficult times, but God is there. His goodness, his mercy. And as we look back on these difficult times, we can say, God was with me all the days of my life. But inevitably, the enemy closes in one more time. I will die. You will die. We all die. And seemingly the enemy has won. Is the good shepherd himself with his rod and staff no longer adequate protection? Is the powerful host no longer able to keep the enemies at bay? death will catch up with all of us. But interestingly, for those who are the shepherd's sheep, it's not defeat. Perhaps it's our greatest triumph. There is a victory over a relentless foe. You see, health declines inch by inch by inch. There's a long grinding down process that we often go through. 
Our bodies break, but we don't break. Like Job of old, we refuse to curse God and die. <clears throat> Perhaps you know people who face death with confidence. I think of Frank. I think of Chuck Cogswell. I think of Fonny. I think of others. Grace who stared death in the face and didn't flinch. Chuck Cogswell is the one who sticks in my mind. <laughs> I had the privilege of calling on him several times in his last weeks. He knew he was going to die, and he was excited about it. He really was. He was excited about the fact that he was going to leave this earth and find himself in heaven. And I've said to myself, I want to be like that. I want to be like Chuck, like Grace, like Frank, like Fonny, John. Knowing that, yeah, <laughs> death wins this little victory, but I escape right through it into the presence of God. Does that describe you? There's that final triumph. We're now safe home in the residence of the covenant-keeping God, the one who makes promises and keeps them. The one who is our shepherd, protected and provided during our whole lives, and at the right time, he welcomes us into our eternal home. And David says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Imagine that. You start out as a sheep. You then become a guest in the home of a powerful person. And then you dwell forever in the house of the Lord. Amazing. Is that where you're headed? It can be. We have a few descriptions of what it will be like ultimately in the house of the Lord. You're familiar with these passages. We need to hear them again and again. In Revelation chapter 21, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. What a marvelous statement. Here's God's desire to be with us. Isn't that interesting? Powerful. He will be their God and he'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. You can believe it. He said to me, it's done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give the water without cost from the spring of the water of life. 
Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Can you say yay and amen to this psalm? You're a sheep under the care of the shepherd. You're the guest of this powerful one who protects you against the serious enemies. And you can expect with certainty that someday you'll dwell in the house of the Lord. Well, how do we get there? Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. And he went on to say, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Today, Eric led us in a wonderful communion service. It reminded us of who Jesus is. Not just some poor Jew who didn't quit talking when he should have and he got crucified. No, this was God the Son, the eternal second member of the Trinity who entered human history with a purpose and that was to pay the penalty for your sin and give you the righteousness that God requires so you can step into his presence. Is that you? If you're not a Christian, you can simply bow your head and confess your sin. God, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. This is bigger than I am. And I believe that God the Son, the eternal second member of the Trinity, took on human flesh and entered the flow of history and paid the penalty for my sin. Ask forgiveness for my sin. I put my trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. What a psalm. What a psalm. Next week, we're going to look at Psalm 73. And here's a psalm. Let me just give you the outline of it, get you thinking, and I hope you'll read it several times over. The psalmist says, I almost slipped. I almost got in serious trouble because I was looking around and here were all these people who had everything. And I've committed myself to following you and it's been tough and difficult at times. Maybe I made a mistake. And he says, this was difficult to deal with. I pondered these things until I entered the sanctuary of God. And he's not talking about going to church. It may have happened there. But what he's really talking about is coming face to face with God. Then he said, I understood the end for these people who had cursed you, rebelled against you, seemingly so successful. I came to understand that they're on slippery ground. I also came to realize that when I was thinking this way, I was very foolish. I wasn't any smarter than a dog or a cow. then I realized what you've done for me you've led me, you've guided me your hand has been upon me and so on I came to realize that there's nothing on earth I desire beside you, there's nothing in heaven beside you that matters now that's the song now you can't stay home next Sunday because you already heard it, okay 
<laughs> what I want you to do is read it with understanding, and we'll come together and look at that psalm. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, thank you that you're good. Thank you that you want to be the shepherd of every single person here. And thank you that you lead us through these dark valleys. And Lord, thank you for the prospect someday as your sheep being in your presence. In Christ's name, amen. Let's all stand together.